Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Well, here we are. It's the last of the Early Work Lost episodes. These are the episodes lost in the annals of time from the lockdown. Remember that? There was a lockdown, and this one was in 2021, one of many lockdowns. And we recorded a bunch of episodes of hit podcast, Early Work, hit in inverted commas, podcast in inverted commas. Um, Those episodes were for a series that never came to be back when the show was a Radio X podcast, and now... I've been releasing them myself as little bootlegs, and we've had some fun. We've had Hugh Dennis, we've had Lucy Beaumont, we've had Tom O'Dell, we've had Sophie Juca, and now we have Steen Raskopoulos, absolutely sensational performer. Um, you'll have seen him in various sitcoms all over Netflix and television. Uh, very, very funny performer, um, but also a jock and an athlete, and someone who didn't want to be a Nepo brother. Okay, and I think that's admirable in today's society. We talk about Nepo babies. He didn't even want to be a Nepo brother. And that is something we must applaud. In this episode, Steen goes through a load of sketches uh, that he pitched to sort of uni review that he was trying to get in. Under loads of pressure, it sounds like the SNL process, where you'd write them and then other people would read them out for you. Sounds like a nightmare. But they're scripts, right? We've actually got the dialogue and the stage directions. And therefore, I get to do a little bit of voice acting. If you are... Booking voiceovers, I am available. My rates are competitive. Gamble's getting his kazoo, yeah, you can money. I'd quite like to offer a rival to that. Kazoo, yeah, you can't, maybe. Anyway, lovely bit of voice acting, a lovely bit of rap name and rap-based politics from Steen. He ends on a sort of uh, inspiring rap, despite the rest of it being sketch-based. And I read him a sketch of my own from when I was but a boy, when I were a young lad at 18. So a bit embarrassing. Um, It's all good fun. And I hope you've enjoyed this little batch of Early Work Lost episodes. Um, Hopefully we'll be coming back soon with some more. In the meantime, you can see me on tour. That's called Spilt Milk, that show. It is mostly sold out, but some tickets are available on my website if you want to look at them. I'm sure Steen's doing some live stuff, so check him out on Twitter and social media and whatnot. And go on his website as well. But in the meantime, enjoy the early work of Steen Raskopoulos. Joining me this week is the incredible Steen Raskopoulos. How are you, mate? I'm very good. I feel better that you pronounced my name correctly, so we're off to a flyer. Yeah, do people get that wrong? All the time. You have no idea. What do they say? Stein, Stein, Raskopoulos, Raskopoulos. Um, Santa called me Satan one year, and then it took me like, what? You're supposed to know my name all the time. And then that's how I found out that he wasn't real. Oh, shit. He's not real. I mean, yeah... Fair play. Uh, well, I think it's, um, to me, it's such, it's written exactly as it sounds. And it's the most satisfying name in comedy to pronounce. So I'm never going to get it wrong. Oh, thanks, man. What a, what a plug. Can I put that on my next poster? The most satisfying name in comedy. <laughs> dot, to, pr- dot, dot. to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, for those of you who don't know, um, early work listeners, you probably best know Steen for being the first person, I think, ever to hear Sarah Pascoe's Hamlet rap. Um, 
that's what she told us. She said that she read it to you before she read it on the podcast and that... Yeah, I mean, how did you react? I gave her the advice when I heard it for the first time to never do it again. So <laughs> I was very surprised. It was a very successful. It was a very successful rap on this podcast. It went down an absolute storm. People were excited by it. They were imp- people like early rap. It turns out, especially if it's educational. Yeah. To be fair, when we get stopped on the streets now, it's not like, hey, we watch you on this program. It's like. Hamlet girl? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alas in all cool. I know you. Now, Steen, if I had to guess what you were like at school, uh, and I do because it's the first format point of the show, um, here's what I've written in advance, right? Every time I think about it, I try to get away from it in my head, but everything screams jock. Okay. Now, obviously, I wrote this before you arrived on this Zoom meeting we're having, wearing a football shirt of the team that beat my team last night, which is possibly the most jock move in the world. Um, But it just screams jock at school. Okay. You're athletic. You're tall. You move in quite a cool way. Now, I hope that's not creepy to say, but you've got you've got a cool gait. Um, You're a confident guy. You're Australian, crucially, um, although I haven't factored in that so is everyone else. But to me, if you're Australian, you tend to be pretty sporty and a bit of a jock. Um, So to me, it's just pretty route one. Captain of the football team, prom king level stuff. But then I saw a video of you you very recently that you posted getting caught making a fake TikTok by your neighbour and doing one of the most desperate climb downs in history. And I watched it and I saw trauma. Okay, as soon as I watched that video, I saw trauma in your past. I saw it. It's that top dog to tiny ant in a split second moment. And it did not look like it was the first time that had happened. So the cliche Hollywood version would be that you were in with the football boys and the football team and stuff. And then you like did a musical or something. uh, And then they found out and took the piss. But then they saw you perform the musical and were like, God, he's amazing. This is incredible. We'll actually support this. But that's too obvious. So I'm going to go with you were popular with the sports bros. You were super confident, which prompted you to enter some sort of speaking contest or like debate or something which they were largely supportive of but then you absolutely flopped it and choked which prompted you to take up improv as you vowed never to be embarrassed in a situation like that again (laughs) only to years later be caught making a tiktok dance by accident also final prediction is that you had the highlighted mullet haircut that a lot of australian boys have is any of this true man pretty good I'm going to give you like, yes, Australian, big tick there. Nailed, nailed that. I've got to get some early points. <laughs> um, no, very close, man. Like you, you, you were in and around the area. If we're playing a game of hot or cold, I would say very, very warm. Um, Interesting. Uh, yeah. So at school, I was captain of cricket, the first 11 and was vice captain of the combined associated schools, which is like the best team made up of all the other schools. Um uh, I used to play like A's rugby and then in my last two years I moved to football, soccer and played in the first there. I was vice captain of that team. Um, but yeah, I, I did drama at school but I used to get teased by my, my friends who were the, the jocker group. Um, yes, it is a cliche. Yeah, I used to... I was on like a... <laughs> like a quarter scholarship in my final year for drama. And when they, it was called like a Society of the Arts scholarship or some bullshit like that. And when my friends found out about it, they used to call me like a young scholar and just take the piss out of me (laughs) and made me feel so shit. Um, Young scholar, which by the way, would be a fantastic rap name in today's rap world. (laughs) Y-U-N-G, scholar, probably just with an A, no R at the end. Young scholar, that'd be quality. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and like the, there would be like a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, a board, uh, what are they called? The board, the university, university. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, the cap. The, <laughs> what, that's your, like a baseball cap version of the Yeah, the they would sit gown. on the O of the scholar. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, man, but I was like traumatized by that. And I, I stopped doing plays and things like that for a couple of years because I just copped so much shit. And it was this thing of, you know, I played A's and like first um, cricket and rugby um, and football and these kids used to give me so much shit. And also on the sly, I used to play like Dungeons and Dragons and like um, Games Workshop with my elder sister, who's like five, six years older than me. Um, and I was, I was traumatized if anyone kind of found out. And then in my final year, we went down to play like this tournament. I played a, um, a tabletop board game called Blood Bowl. So I still was like a jock within the <laughs> nerd world because I, I played, um, uh, what do you call it, like gridiron football, but as 
uh, dwarves. So you used to play like you could play like an orc team or a human team or an elf team. Oh my god! Make <laughs> your mind up. pick a lane, yeah. Steen, for fuck's sake. And this kid, Tom, uh, he was there with his dad, and he went to the same school as me. And he was like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And I'm like, "Please don't tell anyone." <laughs> That's the trauma that I saw in the TikTok video. Yeah. That's you being caught out for yeah. doing something that you're embarrassed of. That's I yeah. cannot believe that it just. I wouldn't in, in, if you hadn't posted that video um, maybe we'll put the audio of it in that intro if oh, you'll man. let us yeah for sure you can to, to explain for anyone who's not seen it Steen is doing a TikTok dance um, outside in the snow to take the piss of your sister was it yeah was, younger had sister done one. yeah and um, and just as he starts doing this dance you can hear his neighbour I, you can't hear what she says but it's like what are you doing kind of thing oh it's like right? looking good and I'm like oh what and then immediately <laughs> Steve picks up the phone and rushes over to go I'm doing it to take the piss I'm doing it to take the piss and he's <laughs> so desperate not to be seen as an actual TikToker oh man um, I, I hid inside for the day and I've never met her as well that's what's frustrating <laughs> so she just thinks that I'm this guy this like what early 30s guy that just stands at the front when it's a snowstorm or what I believe is a snowstorm I, I don't usually see snow at all and then does like this dance for three seconds before dropping like a sack of shit as soon as someone calls him out <laughs> i can't believe that it's, so it's just like this guy turns up at your dungeons and dragons blood bowl um expedition shit and then you're like don't tell the football don't tell the soccer boys because they'll give me even more shit than they give me for my drama scholarship man but it was like i'd put like we'd play a game of like football and like some some of the games like the whole school it was compulsory to attend so you'd be playing in front of like a thousand fifteen hundred like students parents rival schools and stuff like that and then all the boys like yeah we're going for the drinks tonight i'm like oh sorry guys uh you know i've got a family thing and then i just go with my sister and play with her uni friends whilst I played like as a dwarven rogue called Olam Hammersong like you know who just used to do rogue attacks all the time <laughs> oh god yeah. that's so funny that's so yeah but that, so you then got back into drama at some point presumably because you quit for like a couple of years you said doing plays because you're getting too much flack yeah from the jocks I mean it's so Hollywood this story um, but then you took off your glasses and let down your hair and you were gorgeous all of a sudden. Um, but then you you got back in and did more plays and stuff or did you start, is that when you started write, coming up with your shit yourself? Yeah, I, I, I kind of like stopped doing it for a couple of years and then our school got really heavily involved in musicals and I just, I wasn't my thing. But I went to school with like Luke Cook who plays, um, so I used to do plays with him and he, he plays uh, Satan in Netflix Sabrina series. So he's this like nice. absolute, he like genuinely looks like a beautiful chiseled God kind of like dude. And he was the perfect balance. He was also like an amazing sportsman, but he just didn't give a fuck what other people thought. And I was like, he was always someone that I really looked up to. And like, they always, never become comedians, those people. Oh, they but, never, they never go out there going, well, I need to get laughs now. They're the ones who do go on to have a big career as an actor or like in musical theatre or whatever because they are oh, just that actual not caring not needing to be approved all the time because yeah. you you're clearly if you're in this bind uh, as a kid if I want the football lads to not find out who I really am well mm. obviously you're going to need to be getting laughs every 12 seconds in the future yeah but I, I never thought I'd wanted to be a comedian or, or act or anything like that as well because that's what my sister was doing so when I was at school she was on like a sketch show for Channel 10 back home and she was like doing all these amazing like uni um, productions and um, you know being on TV as a comedian and stuff like that and I thought that was her bag I always thought I was going to be involved in sport in some way and then um, I kind of left school and I was just surprised that oh like no one knows who I am at this university no one knows what I've you know done previous and there's no judgment when I kind of got into like doing improv and like being a part of like sketch groups at university but I never thought I was going to do that because it was the exact same university that my sister was at and I used to go like in school holidays at lunchtime to watch her do theatre sports at like their their bar, um, and at, at at Sydney Uni where I went, it was like this this like cult like thing. Like two hundred and fifty students would pack in on a Thursday at one o'clock to watch you know sixteen students perform essentially theatre sports, um, and I thought like fuck this is the coolest thing man like you know you just get to drink you get to like do these like you know whose line is anyway kind of live, um, yeah. And I was just like, oh, that seems like really cool. But then when I got to uni, I was really scared that 
I was just going to follow my sister in her path and I didn't want to be like, you know, the brother in the shadow and things like that. So no one really knew for, I think like a year, year and a half who I was um, in terms of like our relation because um, I wanted to kind of prove myself in a way as well. Um, and that's, yeah, that's you didn't want to get into these groups and stuff just by nepotism. Yeah, for sure. And like my dad was a professional footballer and captain Australia and stuff like that. So this thing of always living in a shadow kind of vibe was always, you know, oh, you're Peter Escopola's son or you're Jordan's, you know, you're Jordan's brother is this thing. And I was like, it sounds so cliche and wanky, but I was just like, oh, I, I just, you know, just wanted to kind of find And now it's own. like, oh, you're doing a TikTok. Your sister does those, mate. <laughs> yeah. You're copying your sister. You're in, <laughs> you're in your sister's TikTok shadow. Yeah. Or you're that guy that just gets shamed straight away. Hey? You've got nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's me. That's me. What point did you start wanting to write and script your own stuff? So at school, we, we like in some of the drama... Uh, lessons and, and stuff you had to write your own monologues and um you had to do like group performances so you might get like a theme or um theme in a genre and have to construct you know a five minute group performance on drugs or you know um depression or you know if you've watched you know mr g and his performance like that's pretty much yeah. <laughs> australian, yeah, okay. australian <laughs> drama um a drama class so I always kind of wrote a bit and um, I started to get into like rap music as well in like when I was like 15, 16. So even that writing a bit of poetry and trying to be like, think I was a rapper. But I always thought as well, like my biggest, uh, <laughs> my biggest mistake with that was someone gave me like, two, I think someone introduced me like to Tupac first and then they told me about the beef with Biggie and they're like, oh yeah, man, you got to choose sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your decision's important in this. Yeah. We really need this young lad in Australia to finally settle this once and for all. Tupac or Biggie? For four years, for four years, I, I only listened to Tupac. Like, if someone played Biggie, I'm like, I can't, I can't listen to it. I swear to God, I swear to God. And everyone played like, I'm not even listening. What did you think was? What did you think would happen to you? You'd get, know. You'd get shot like, in a drive-by. I don't know. Just like you had to choose sides, and like I was loyal to Park and all this kind of stuff. And like my best friend, like loved playing Juicy and um, like Big Popper and stuff like that. I'm like, no man, I can't listen to this. And then I think like one of the movies came out, and um, well, like we. There was like a remix at a, like a house party. I'm like, oh, this song's great. This is a really cool song. Who's this by? Like, oh, the Notorious. I'm like, oh, no, I'm conflicted. It's a really good song that I like. But... I'm going to have to leave the party? Yeah. This is awful. Um, well, you'll be pleased to hear, well, I'm furious to hear that um, on a former episode of this podcast, I played a parody rap I recorded when I was 19 over Juicy by Biggie Smalls Amazing. I played it to Tom Rosenthal in the Tom Rosenthal episode it's an absolute fucking disgrace I mean that if you weren't already loyal to Tupac listening to that is going to make you extremely Tupac loyal oh, it's amazing. hideous but it's a good beat look I was a I like both of them and I didn't feel that conflict man I, I wish someone choose. told me that I could like both of them <laughs> This is so weird because you're you're always in these conflicts where it's like, oh, do I play soccer or do I play Dungeons and Dragons? But back then you just did both and went, oh, look, I'm just going to hope I don't get caught. I'm surprised (laughs) you weren't secretly listening to Biggie on the side going, as long as no one tells the jocks, as long as no one tells the east side, then I'm fine listening to Biggie forever. Well, my fire up song for rugby, we we all had to choose like a track kind of thing. I think mine was So Much Pain by Tupac, which is like a pretty fucking deep yeah. song and all the other like <laughs> Aussie boys are like listening to like ACDC and stuff and then mine comes on is fucking about loading your clip and putting your gloves on to go commit murder and stuff I'm like yeah that's that's how a 15 year old me fired up enough to tackle like these big massive 16 year old fun <laughs> yeah, rollers yeah. Um, and then that led to you so it led to you writing raps and poems and stuff like that yeah and then um uh more like sketch I was always interested like in character and kind of sketch stuff so the first production I ever did at at uni um, was called like the the arts review so the University of Sydney where I went they had um, like uh, faculty reviews so there was like science law arts um, architecture and you you had to kind of be an art student or architecture student or med student or law student to be involved in in those things Um, and it was essentially just a sketch show like a two half sketch show 
Um, the arts review uh, always had, you know, obviously like the best talent, I would say, in terms of because everyone was a performer, a comedian kind of thing. But our budget was just so bad. So to give, this is a true, this is true. Um, our budget for the whole production for like a four show at the Seymour Center, which is like a like a 660 seater kind of thing. So the production um, budget for four shows there was the same budget for the law review after party. <laughs> uh, some after party, I guess. Yeah, like we always wanted to go, but obviously we weren't cool yeah. enough. <laughs> so what was it were the stuff the stuff that was put on there, those four shows, were they bad? No. There was like man, it was like some of the best kind of stuff I've ever been involved with and like Benny Davis um so the show that the the the, the sketch show was was called Everything That Ever Happened Ever. And it was uh, like a sketch show which started from the Big Bang to the present day in chronological order. So we did like sketches of, of, you know, throughout history kind of thing. And Benny Davis played Mozart. And Benny um, is is the keyboardist from the Axis of Awesome. So they have a song called The Four Chord Song, which has like hundreds of millions of hits on youtube oh, the most kind of maybe the most viral song in history yeah that, so isn't, the fir- that isn't by justin bieber yeah so the first time that was ever played anywhere was in this um show like it's benny's song he came up with it and he played it there and he always like every night standing ovation kind of thing and then i like i remember i always had to come out like the next sketches like like in this scottish william wallace bit with my face painted like oh fuck you can't follow a, you know you can't follow a standing <laughs> ovation you can't with a follow shitty scottish what accent. to be history's most popular comedy song yeah <laughs> um what was the vibe like when that like obviously being close to the people involved in that when that took off that song took off what was the, were they surprised yeah, well, well, Jordan, the the lead singer, um, is my sister, so she was the one that kind of got me involved with, with comedy and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was Ashton Kutcher tweeted about it, like that's how it kind of started. Wow, Ashton Kutcher, I didn't know that. Ashton and this Kutcher is tweeted. this was like peak <laughs> peak punked. This was like yeah, you know, the so number you put, one. So they thought it was a prank. They thought he actually thought it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> were there moments when you were performing in that show? So obviously you have to follow that song. But were you performing like this? I don't know if the Scottish one was, but were there bits that you had written for yourself? Is that how it worked? Or did you all write together and then like just different people got different acting roles? Or did oh. you go, I've written the Scottish bit and I'm going on and doing my Scottish bit? No, no. So we all, we all like for the first few weeks, it's all just about pitching. So you like come in every kind of rehearsal and you pitch like, hey, I've got this idea. And then the director's like, yeah, that's cool. Write it up. Um, uh, I think only one of my sketches made it through and it was had nothing to do with history at all and looking back on it now it was so bad but they just put it like on a skyscraper it was like the world's first skyscraper and they'd put us in like overalls and just sat like on a bench kind of thing and it was just about a guy who was just annoying um who just go do you know the banana is actually a nut and just stuff like that which has nothing to do <laughs> it'd just be like history's first prick yeah it was just it was just looking you know i just remembered it now that's not even one of the things i brought but um you know we had sketches about you know the big bang and um you know florence nightingale and um caveman and you know willem wallace and, and all this kind of stuff and then yeah my the only one that i wrote kind of was just about this awkward guy. I think I was just so heavily involved in the office at the time. I just watched so much right. of Ricky Gervais and like, oh, this is, this will be funny. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had so many sketches that got turned down. So many. And rightfully so, looking back on them now. What you've brought today is some sketches. Yeah. Um, scripts of these sketches. And with these, what's the situation with these ones? Were they the successful ones? Or were these projected um, pictures? No, these were these were. So they got through the um, they got through the uh, like the pitching phase. Like, okay, that sounds interesting. Like, you can you can go off and write it. And then after I came back, um, they <laughs> didn't. They did not even get. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice. What do, do you want to? Should we start with one? Yeah. Do you want to start with bringing sexy back? Yeah. Sure. Bringing sexy back. I think I think I can predict where this is going. Um, um, yeah. Do you want me? To, should I read one of the parts? Yeah. If you play, if you play uh, secretary and commander, and I'll play Jay Striker. <laughs> okay. Let me actually, just... actually, because there's like um, what do you call it? Uh, actions and and um, if you want to read read that as well, 
Um, I'll just read it. You read everything but Jay Striker, and I'll read Jay Striker. Okay, okay. Bringing Sexy back, Commander is pacing back and forth. His secretary comes in. Sir, he has arrived. Bring him in. Enter Jack Striker. Have a seat, Striker. I don't take seats. Striker sits down. Commander looks a little perplexed. Thank you for coming on short notice. Cut the shit, Commander. Less talky or I walkie. Striker stands up. They've caught Sexy. It was an ambush in Pakistan. It was supposed to be an in-and-out job, but they knew it was coming. I'm... I'm sorry. There's not much we can do for him. Striker laughs, <laughs> to himself. Is that all, Commander? Striker gets up to leave. Striker, I know what's going through your head. He was your best friend. Is. Commander, Sexy is my best friend. And I'm bringing Sexy back. You motherfuckers watch how I attack. You will not engage in any such mission. Your orders are to return to the front line and serve this country. You will not be bringing Sexy back. You make me smile. The commander knows he cannot stop Striker and exhales a large breath. <sighs> Go ahead. Be gone with it. I'm bringing Sexy back. And then the music would kit in. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got to say, it didn't actually go where I expected it to. Where it did you expect it to go? I thought it was going to be someone returning sexy to a shop and trying oh, to get a refund. Right. Um, I hope you don't mind, but I'm bringing sexy back. You know, oh, it didn't right. suit me or something like that. But well, I should say that like, this song came out like uh, in 2006, so like the like the same year. So it was very top. Like at the time, this would have gone like, oh, fuck, oh, I'm oh. sure. Yeah, yeah, this would you have know. been because this is this is your four chord song. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> referencing bringing sexy back. Oh no, don't worry. I'm not looking at it now. Going, fucking hell, Steen, This song's not been out for ages. Why, are you, why have you written this today? I do understand. Um, and I shaved my just... head at the time as well. Like I had everything ready to go, and then uh, <laughs> is that a like is, is um is you you motherfuckers watch how I attack? Is that yeah. a line from the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think the rest of it as well, like, you make me smile, go ahead, be gone. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, you make yeah. me smile. I did That line did sort of stick out, actually, as yeah. being very strange. Okay, of course, it's, it's Timberlake. Um, it Timberlake. Yeah, and Timberlake. So what did uh, what happened with that sketch? So that you pitched the idea, they said go and write it, you wrote it, you came back, and it was rejected? Um, mate, if... If I'm um, not in Hollywood at the moment, then you, you know it was rejected. <laughs> we didn't receive any kind of uh, any emails or phone calls of um, cease and desist from Mr. Timberlake's yeah, 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 lawyer. Yeah, okay, yeah. The fact that you're not in prison. <laughs> so what would have been the vibe when you showed that? Just would it? Have, um, would you have even heard from them? Would you? Have, did you read it out? Is what I'm getting at. I yeah, think. and that's that's a point because you're so because you, it's my first year at uni, so you're kind of meeting these people. For the first time and you kind of this is like very early on where you're making trying to make friends and um you know not playing all your cards straight away but the only way to kind of get a sketch in the show is to show and tell essentially so you have to kind of perform it in front of everyone and it sucks man we got like 20 25 people who just don't laugh or a few of them go yeah cool and then they just move on and then someone does you know some world war Two in the trenches sketch and everyone's like pissing themselves laughing you're like Fuck, yeah. what about timberlake man i thought i was really yeah, into yeah. <laughs> it feels like you're pitching for snl yeah but when we started talking before um I, I remembered when i did pitch an idea that just no one laughed at and it was probably like it's uh it, it is it still haunts me i think i put as you said before like in terms of like just really put some shit trauma trauma back in the closet and when I started talking about this and reading that sketch I'm like oh there was a sketch that I pitched that I thought was an absolute like home run and you know when you're in a, like a pitching room or you know or if you're, in a, you're writing for a show then you perform and you just think this is this is the one this is the joke that is gonna like knock it all my other stuff does not even compare this is my sure thing this is my certainty sure and I remember pitching it as um like someone like a guy going to like the getting to the gates of of heaven uh, is it saint paul is saint paul the guy with the yeah with the so saint peter saint peter saint peter sorry and he's there he goes yeah um and he goes what what can it, what, oh, it was something like this like the, he's like hey yeah you're not on the list and then the guy's like aren't i and then he shows his balls and then saint peter's like mm, okay <laughs> and then um <laughs> 
and then the, the queen the queen walks walks past and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa where are you going and then she, she urinates on St. Peter and he just nods at her opens the gates of heaven and she goes right in and and the guy's like, fuck this is so bad the guy's like what are you what are you what are you doing I just showed you my balls and she just pissed on you why'd you let it why'd you let her in and St. Peter goes because a royal flush always beats a pair <laughs> oh my god oh my fantastic i mean okay a couple of things i need to address here number one listeners of this podcast particularly to the ivo graham episode will know that i'm obsessed with poker and i've been playing poker every week in a poker zoom um during the pandemic so that is a punchline that's right up my street. Okay. Secondly, I'm absolutely thrilled with the fact that you just described an experience in which you had to pitch this sketch, which you thought was a home run. And it was very traumatic for you as you realized while you were saying it the first time that it wasn't good. So I'm very glad I've made you do that again. <laughs> You've literally had the exact same experience as you have to say this <laughs> same thing again and just repeat the trauma. And luckily there's a new context to it. But uh, were there, did people get it when you said it before? Oh, they got it, but they were horrified. Really? It's like, it does feel like an old gag, like an old joke from a book that um, like your granddad reads, tells yeah, you when you're I a kid. It's like that, the rudest joke imaginable. Yeah. And I think that's where it came from. I think like my dad or, or like an uncle told me it like way back when I was like a teenager. And then I was like, oh, like history, like you can talk like heaven and like we're dealing with like religion and stuff like that. This would be perfect for it. And I wrote it like more of a, in, a, in like a sketch format. And I remember... I thought by, you know, and then a guy shows his balls. I thought, okay, we're going to get a bit of a chuckle so I can move on to the punchline. And when no one did and everyone's like, where the fuck's this going? And then when you deliver the punchline and everyone's just like shaking their head. <laughs> and it's also like you're trying to impress these people. Like it's it's a thing of you know, boys and girls. Like and I went to like an all boys school. So it's like kind of assimilating with like girls for the first time and things like that. And you're just like, oh, this, is, this has not done me any yeah, good. Yeah, it really reminds me of... My granddad told me a joke when I must have been like eight Mm. and it was once like all old jokes they're at the gates of heaven Mm. and for some reason St. Peter's like you can go back to earth three times to like have three more experiences or something and the first two are just like standard it's like typical joke where it's like the first one is like oh I want to go back and kiss that girl I never kissed and like I regret that oh the other one is I want to go back and I want to spend more of my money and do that and then it's like, okay, now what do you want to do? I want to just go back and be um, Sarah Pippoline. And then St. Peter's like, what the hell's that? And he's like, I want to be Sarah Pippoline for a day. And then he's like, I'm looking through my notes. I don't know. There's no one called Sarah Pippoline. I don't know what you're talking about. And then this woman gets out this newspaper headline that says, Sahara Pipeline laid by 900 men. <laughs> <laughs> And to me, Steen, that's the same as your sketch. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a joke where when I heard that when I was eight, I mean, there's no world in which I understood that. No. So I'm just going like, but I've been told I'm going to tell you a rude joke now and you don't want to be embarrassed. So you're like, oh, 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 oh my God, that's amazing. Like when you're finally allowed to taste some of your dad's beer and obviously Mm. you hate it. And then you have to be like, cool. Oh, yum. (laughs) But it's a thing as well now of... um... I guess because you now understand the jokes and then when your your uncle in and out because like I'll tell you a joke yeah, please do not yeah like, please do not tell that like yes I laughed when I was seven I, I laughed because I wanted to join in with everyone else I wanted this to be a grown up time. yeah now, now fuck it out mate I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Okay, so what sketch do you want to do next? Well, this is the same thing. So this is a bit more like in the history kind of vibe. Um, I don't remember it being as badly put down, but I don't remember getting it up either. But this is um, a sketch about David and Goliath. Do you want me to read one of these parts? Yeah, do you want to read uh, Goliath? Oh, thank you so much. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what it was about me that made you cast me as Goliath, but, you know, I'll take it. Do you need a... Sorry. Do you need a whole army? Reese, get into a... He's a big boy. He's a... Goliath is a big man. Do you need a whole army to settle this? Choose someone to fight for you against Goliath, champion of the Philistines. We will settle this dispute in single combat. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Enter David walking across the stage towards Goliath unknowingly. What? This boy? He is the champion the Israelites have sent to defeat me? <laughs> Pathetic. Sorry, you're kind of blocking the way. I just need to get past. What? You ought to stay and fight me. You will feel the wrath of my blade. Why would I want to do that? Besides, I don't know who you are or where you've been. Well, I'm Goliath, champion of the Philistines. What? You're Goliath? Like, the Goliath? Yes. Really? I don't know how I pictured you. Yeah, I'm not too keen to fight, though. Sorry. Ah, reverse psychology. They did tell me you were a smart one. You won't get me that quick. No, just want to get a chicken from the markets. Calling me a chicken? Think I won't kill you? No, I'm, I'm sorry. What's that there? A slingshot? <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, I just picked up recently. Like, I'm not too good. <laughs> You're pathetic. Well, I'm just inexperienced. Like, I dabble in it time to time. He takes it out and begins to swing it around. The slingshot flies out of his hand and hits Goliath in the eye after bouncing around the room. Ah, oh, my eye! You got my eye! Oh, Goliath, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. Let me help you. David walks Goliath around the stage but notices a lost sheep. Sam the sheep, head back to the herd. (laughs) Goliath stumbles around the stage and trips over a box, dying. What? Oh, just just from what I've heard and read, they said you were like nine feet tall, stronger than a lion, but you're not you're not big at all, and you're only a couple of inches taller than me. I'm I'm like five eleven. I am not 5'11". I'm just, I don't know, like, just kind of disappointed, I guess. Like, I'm not going to lie. I just expected, like, a giant, big sword, you know, eats people with his mouth whole. You're just small. You don't, you know, might need to take, like, a bite size, you know, cut up with your small sword. Have you got a fork? No, not, like, a fork. I assume, like, you know, just custom-made clothing, but... You probably buy those from anywhere like my friend tom he's like he's bigger than you so maybe i should call him <laughs> goliath but his name's tom that would be silly like your average height that's it now i'm angry i wouldn't even want to fight you why because i've beaten up three sheeps with my bear i think it's bare hands at the time and you only you only fight to improve on your best fight. So you're not, you're not exactly three sheep. Like maybe a duck and a bag of grain, but that's it. Like Max, a duck and a small cat. <laughs> End. <laughs> oh, I mean, very I, nice. I, I, I should have just stopped it at um, like Sam the Sheep. <laughs> Was this also pitched when read aloud? Yeah. But I don't remember being as, as traumatic. So... <clears throat> I, mean, I think I feel it's got like, a bit of potential. Yeah, I feel like it's a, there's a lot the, there's a lot in the performance of that. It's all in that that speech of my friend Tom's bigger than you. That whole section yeah. has absolutely has legs. But it's but I, think, uh, but I was going to say like just remembering as well. I don't think you got to like they just assigned people to read it. Does that make sense? Right. Like I I didn't get to go like hey let me read it how I would kind of do it yeah, so people yeah, just right. kind of read it out later. Like, oh that's not how I would do it. Um, but um, you know, I might go back. I might go back, have a have a look at it, give the yeah. Lin well treatment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it a wrap like your your two pack stuff. <laughs> Just of that specifically two pack. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Only no Biggie style raps for that. Absolutely I mean, Biggie not. Smalls is the perfect rapper name for a David and Goliath sketch. So oh, that's 100%. a shame. But um, so that one didn't. But it didn't make the cut. It wasn't like slammed, but it didn't make it into the history show. Yeah, no. Um. But it's just, man, when you asked me, I just went back to like my old Google Drive and just, 
yeah, some of the stuff you find, some of them like, I think I wrote the exact same version of that, but just like Napoleon. Napoleon, yeah. like it's just like this thing of like, there's something here about a, at a big general who's actually a small, small guy. guy who thinks he's big, but he's small. Yeah, it's always yeah. funny. It's always yeah, been yeah. funny. I, th- I think there was a line of like, where do you shop? Oshkosh Bagosh? It's like, yeah. what the fuck does that even mean? Oh, you were just smart enough to know that Oshkosh Bagosh is a very funny thing to say and you need oh. to put it in every sketch. Oh, it is. It's like I've trademarked it in all my sketches now. It's like, I'm sure that the audience don't know this, but um, people now that I say this anyone listening will start to realise that if ever a chocolate bar is referenced in comedy it's always a Twix because... I was gonna man as soon as you before, I was like he's gonna say Twix yeah because Twix has the X sound ah. it, Twix is also just not that good of a chocolate bar but See, yeah, it's where, one syllable this is where we disagree this is where it, we disagree well no it's good but it's not like the best no but like I went, I went like before lockdown lockdown this would have been what early two th- no it would have been like Christmas 2019 I went to my like old flatmate's house and they had like a box of celebrations and then we did the whole th- you know which is like wor- you know worst to best kind of chocolate and everyone put Twix last and I just found that an absolute disgrace um, I tell you what my dad grew up in Australia uh, and so and considers himself Australian um, so we always growing up always had cherry ripes and violet crumbles around oh, the house nice nice quite often he'll do a big australian order of like victoria bitter and like all those sorts of things your dad sounds like a walking stereotype oh yeah it's ridiculous i mean it's like him just trying to reconnect um by buying all the most basic australian but also the fact he called it victoria bitter and not vb not vb yeah yeah well that's me that's me making it googleable for the audience (laughs) victoria bitter please one yeah man if you ordered that at a pub in that way you would not be in that pub i feel like i not only did I pronounce the T in Victoria Bitter, I feel like I kind of pronounced both T's. Somehow yeah. it's just like so overdone. It was like, wow, I get it. I get how it's spelled. Man, um, the barkeeper would be like, take your T's and get the fuck out of my pot. Yeah. <laughs> Any violet crumbles going? <laughs> um, so uh, you've got one more sketch, I believe, right? Is that right? Yeah. So this was this was like a like an IP, so individual performance as part of... Um, my final year drama exam so i don't know what like if for hsc like high school certificate this is like independent kind of uh uh markers come in to to give you a grade kind of thing of, of your whole end of year drama as a subject to get your final mark to get into university kind of thing so i don't know what the equivalent is um i guess a level like an a le- drama a level kind of thing <clears throat> yeah so so in drama you get to choose like everyone has to do a group performance um, and then you have to do an individual performance. So you can do actual performance. You could do like writing. You could be like a reviewer. You could do like a design or like um, uh, a director kind of thing. But I chose performance. Um, sticking with the office theme, <laughs> the the episode of, he gets hired by like a firm to go do like a motivational speech. Yeah, kind of sure. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's what this was like loosely based on. <clears throat> and it's called Pride and Penalties because um, why not? And it was about me being like a mascot. Um, so I had this like full-on proper uh, lion suit um, that, that, I, that I wore. and um, Nice. Yeah, it was based on his, Gervais's character, like being, back, like being this bigger-than-life kind of character who just is um, sh- shut down. But from memory, it goes for like eight minutes, which I think is too long. So I don't know. Why don't we, let's do this. We'll do the start. <laughs> And then we'll uh, we'll fill in the blanks and then skip ahead. Okay. But uh, okay, so it starts with a. I'll do this. I'll do the stage directions. Okay. Okay. Slowly ascending crowd recording. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we welcome you to the Lions Den this evening, as we're about to witness what is going to be a heart stopping of uh, between a heart stopper between these two juggernauts, the Fremantle Flamingos <laughs> and your Lopkin Lions. Let us hear you, Lions. Uh, let's hear you, Lion Raw fans, as a team enters the den. Queen's "We Will Rock You" begins to play in the background. Uh, escorted onto the field by yours truly the courageous the animal with the most pride and king of the jungle Lincoln the lethal lion Tina Turner simply the best begins to play <laughs> I remember this oh sorry as well. I'm, um, no, I'm no. just writing down just for my notes simply the best and uh, <laughs> it will be revealed why um, so lion this next mascot bit, 
Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, so you read it out, I'll tell you what happened. Lion mascot drives a scooter from the back of the stage onto the field, proceeds to chant while scooting around the stage, eventually loses control of his scooter and crashes past the audience behind stage. Uh, when I did that for the first time, I actually wore like this big actual lion mask. I couldn't see out of it. And I fucking really hurt myself. <laughs> um, and the lion like mask came off and I had a mullet wig, which goes back to your mullet haircut. Um, oh, it's all coming uh, back. As it came off and I was like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Come on, you carbs. I can't hear you. Lions, lions, lions. Mexican wave. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey. Notices someone in the crowd didn't participate in the Mexican wave. Oh, not good enough for the wave, are we? Might get too embarrassed in front of the ladies. <laughs> Look what I wear, and I and I still get them all the time. Begins to interact with the children. <laughs> I don't know what that fuck means, but I remember I printed out like a photo of me on my bed wearing the lion suit, like in a very like sexual kind of pose, and I autographed it as like Lincoln, and I like handed it always like to like a, a friend's mum in the audience kind of thing. I mean, um, that is, I mean, I know you're saying it's based on um, that episode of The Office, but it doesn't, he basically, he poses like that. He's yeah, like I think this, that's where it's like, like resting in a sexy pose on The yeah. Office when they say, and they say, should we just take a normal one? Um, okay, so skipping ahead, we'll go from this stage direction that's caught my eye. Um, walks off, taking his chair, can of beer, and mascot head with him as he slams it down in the middle whilst reciting dialogue. Sent from the field? He's got to be kidding. I've been with this club for 10 years and have never been sent from the field. I remember the days when Todd the Crusher Phillips would smash the wind out of anyone and not even get a caution. And then, then they're sending me for scarring, for scaring about 10 guys. It's not like the old days anymore. It's losing the passion and pride that has been bestowed into these clubs for years. Sees coach walk in and reacts to his hamstring again. Oh, hamstring. You saw me, you saw me, did you? Oh, what do you want me to speak about? Pause. Yeah, I did have a few drinks before the game. What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> Pauses. It doesn't enhance. It doesn't enhance my cheering or anything. <laughs> oh, you know the story there. You know the story's been completely blown out of proportion by the media. It was a bonding night. I had a few drinks with the boys, and we decided to go to the zoo. <laughs> and I did go into the lioness enclosure, but nothing happened. <laughs> Pauses. Yeah, I hit him. He pulled my tail. So what if there was three? Pause. You can't be serious. The entire board needs to sign all the... They've signed them? Yeah, but none of the players would have. They're going to be on strike. They won't play for you. Macca signed them? Well, can I at least keep the suit? Slowly places the lion suit on the floor. Head drops and slowly walks off the stage. (laughs) You can take the lion out of the pride, but you can never take the pride out of the lion. He starts to whimper and slowly sits down on his chair, holding and looking at his head. You're simply the best. You're better than all the rest. Blackout. Um, I mean, fucking hell. It's, I like, it was actually quite nice to skip ahead and just go from, hey, kids, to, yes, I had a few drinks, but what's the problem? <laughs> well, I think the whole, I think, I, I can't remember. I could probably like read quickly, but I think he gets called upon, like someone gets injured and all the players are injured. So it's his, it's his first time that he can actually go and play for the team, which he's been trying to be involved with for ages. And then when the coach finally calls him up, he gets scared by like the size of the opposition and feigns a hamstring injury. Yeah, fair play. I mean, I like it a lot. Uh, the fact it ends on simply the best when you've already told me what it's based on is fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that we're going to get onto that now because it now comes to the time where I must score your work on three categories. Uh, okay. And those categories are, first of all, originality. Um, <laughs> second of all is pure teen horniness. And finally is Mickey Mouse Club, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score, which is how close is it to your work now? What potential does it show for the future star I've known you to become? So first of all, originality, right? You obviously got to lose some marks for telling me you based the sketch on something and then having the exact same musical ending as that sketch. <laughs> There's got to be some marks down for that. Um, but I'm going to give you some marks because of the, my prediction for the sexy back sketch being incorrect me thinking oh this is definitely going to be this and then it was actually about war it was about someone on a mission in pakistan so you know that sort of evens it out um but then again the royal flush this the like an old 
old jokey feeling sketch that is set at the gates of heaven <laughs> is not the most original <laughs> idea I've heard, given that the one old root joke I can remember from my childhood is also set at the gates of heaven. I think overall I'll go for a two out of five for mm. originality. How do you feel okay. about that? Mate, I'll, I'll take it on the chin. As a true athlete sportsman, I'll take my, my losses. I'll improve on them for the next game, coach. I suppose I haven't taken David and Goliath into account. Um, <sighs> Sam the Sheep was pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty original. That is pretty, I'll, Okay, I'll bump it up. I'll bump it up to a three. I'll bump it up yes. to a three. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. And then it's pure teen horniness. There's definitely little bits in there. It's not, they're not overtly horny, any of these sketches, really. But there's I'm definitely... I'm flirt with someone's mum, hand them a photo of myself in a suit on a bed. That's you do do that. It's like a sexy photo of this lion. Um, and, you know, you do have a sketch about sexy, the song Sexy, Bringing Sexy Back. Um, plus, you show your balls to some pizza. <laughs> Uh, so there's you know there's got to be some horniness throughout that oh, David and, the and Goliath the queen pissing on someone the Come queen on. pisses on someone That's David a and Goliath for is entirely a sketch about size so there's I mean I think it's all underneath it's like well not all of it some of it's very obvious but I'll go for four out of five for pure teen horniness it's yes. like it's not as horny as some sometimes people come on here and read poems that are basically just like when will someone have sex with me but oh, um, right. it's not as overt as that but it's all like it's almost like immature just like, oh, and then I showed some Pete on my balls. It's like, well, this all comes from the same place. Um, yeah. So four out of five. And then finally, Mickey Mouse Club, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score. How close is it to your work now? <laughs> I mean, it's not that close. There's definitely, it's interesting that there's, there's ideas in there that are, are certainly workable. Showing your balls to St. Peter. Can I imagine you doing that? I mean, not really. Not after what you've learned from trying to pitch that. <laughs> not at all. The queen pissing on someone. No way. I think after the reaction of everyone, like my balls went inside myself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, And then you never showed your balls again. Never saw them again, yeah. I'll go two out of five, which okay. means that your score overall is nine out of 15, which is pretty solid. Now, to level the playing field, comes to the point where I must read you something of mine. This is a sketch that I wrote when I was, like, 18. Um, I had done at least a couple of stand-up gigs by this point. So it's almost unforgivable to find this, to think this is funny at that stage. But I was 18, so I was also fucking rubbish. Okay. Uh, the sketch is called Freudian Slip or Fall at Work, which I would have thought was a fucking genius premise. I would have thought was just so smart. And obviously it's a parody of like those adverts. Um, so if you go for the stage directions and I'll read the rest. A man in a suit walks slowly through a dingy grey office as he presents to the camera. Have you had a Freudian slip or fall at work? Were you totally humiliated by the inner workings of your perverted subconscious? Do your co-workers resent your continued employment? The National Freudian Helpline can help you claim the compensation you deserve. Just like we did for this tragic gentleman. Cuts to reenactment of man's Freudian slip with voiceover. I was just stood by the water cooler telling hilarious jokes when the intern Janice walked over, looking gorgeous with no warning signs. Oh, hi Janice, I like your boobs, are they new? Boots! Boots! She looked at me like I was disgusting. Meanwhile, a shocked Janice throws water over man who looked humiliated and flustered, slow motion. Cut to man sat on sofa discussing experience with unseen slash unheard interviewer. The National Freudian Helpline were really helpful. They dried all my clothes and told me that it happens to all guys, which really gave me the confidence boost I needed. Plus, they got Janice fired, so this wouldn't have to happen again. <laughs> Cut to <laughs> presenter to camera again. We at the National Freudian Helpline understand that re repressing all of your childhood sexual issues is just part of being human, so we ensure that all measures are taken to avoid any future embarrassment. Cut to woman on sofa discussing her experience. People think it's rare for a woman to have a Freudian slip, but truth be told, my sexual appetite is furious. I try to be professional in the workplace, but occasionally things can just slip out, and I'm really grateful for the National Freudian Helpline. Cut to reenactment. Woman approaches a man at his desk. Hi, Daniel. Can you get these reports back to me by penis? I mean penis. I mean Friday. Woman runs off fanning herself. Back to woman on sofa discussing experience. When the helpline got me my first date with Daniel, I felt nervous and guilty, but it really helped fulfil my desires and cut the sexual tension. Now I just see him as a delicious co-worker. Cut to presented the camera. 
If you think the National Freudian Helpline can help you, then get in touch. And remember, we operate on a no-win, no-fee basis, and all cocks are recovered from the mother's side. Call today on 080-80085-7175. We look forward to hearing from you. Some mumbling happens off camera as presenter begins to walk out of shot as if finished. To director. Uh, I said what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, fuck me. Um, One thing I need to point out is that the phone number which I stumbled upon is 0800857175, which is O boobs tits, right? That's why it's that. It's like the calculator boob number. But I mean, (laughs) I just noticed it as I was reading it, which is why I did it so badly. But um, that's the Freudian helpline sketch. What do you think, Steen? When so when did you write this? I was like eighteen. Oh man, it is as an I'd be very impressed. If I saw this as a like a first year student sketch show, it's I'd such be a like, student sketch thing. It's so studenty. It's it's just yeah, just an idea of just slip in the workplace and me just being like <gasps> I've got it. I would have thought I was <laughs> such a fucking genius when I wrote this. I would have thought but I was But it's the also probably like you went to your first philosophy class, you learned yeah. about Freud in the first year. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god, Bibbs tits and here we come. <laughs> yeah oh god um i I think it makes it makes an important um political statement about how you know they got janice fired for this guy being a sexual deviant i mean it's an important message (laughs) it's really calling them out yeah and in terms like your horniness you you drop in the word pervert sex sexual booze penis furious sexual appetite furious sexual appetite like you really i think the double penis is very good Back to me, penis. I mean, penis. I mean, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little twist. It's a little twist on the previous one, which oh, is like man. it could be, it, it could actually, boobs and boots are pretty close, but penis yeah. and Friday, nowhere near. Yeah. And I think the way you delivered as well, like if, if you're pitching in that same kind of room, I think you would have like definitely won them over. But if someone else is like, you know, these reports me back by penis. I mean penis. I mean Friday. Like someone just butchered <laughs> yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. not how it's done. Yeah, you got to have it ready. Yeah, maybe that's that was your downfall all along. <laughs> is that you just had someone else reading out your work and they don't understand you. Um, they don't. So I need you to score me on the same categories. Uh, so first up out of five is originality. All right. Well, come on. Freud's been around for for a very long time. True. That's true. I think I think he's been covered. Um, but I do think <laughs> has he been mentioned in comedy think, before Freud um, well I've never seen he's, anything he's, <laughs> um, you know originality in terms of like the actual formatting of it though very interesting turning it as like an old timey and even like an old timey ad like you know I was expecting when he said like it was an ad um, it was going to be a um, uh, uh What's that? Wow. What's the dude on the horse for the deodorant? Um, oh, Old Spice. Old Spice. I thought you were going like, to flip it up with some Freudian Old Spice. Right. But now you went old school. Um, but very well executed, very well in terms of its structure and writing. Very clear to follow. Um, I'd give, I'll give it a solid three. Oh, yeah. Three out of five. Even though it's about Freud, I get a three out of five. Nice. I mean, penis is always funny, man. Yeah, like, exactly. It's timeless. Funny. It's not unoriginal. It's just... It stands the test of time. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, pure teen horniness out of five. Oh, you're you're raging. I think you're a solid four. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say a solid four. With just from my examples mentioned before, you use a lot of a lot of words. Um, and even when I was reading it, um, woman runs off fanning herself. I just said I it, I almost read it as fanny just because of it's the a, pollu- it's a, well, it's about you've already in my brain. You've already, you've already yeah, it's all brain. about sex. I mean it's probably happened because I I mean I probably had a Freudian slip in conversation. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh God <laughs> um, I could quickly turn it into art and then you'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, and then finally it's the Mickey Mouse Club score, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose. What potential did it show for who you now know me to be? Um, I think as like a, a joke writer and its structure, I think it's very close to to you. I think you're exceptional at all those things. Oh, but I stop. Think, uh, um, but I think it's just too long, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> which, as efficient as I like to be. <laughs> yeah, which which I think you are. You're, you're very good in terms of your time and, and your use of words. Um, so I think it has um, gl- uh, a few sparkles of, of you, but I don't think it represents you at this current point in your career thank god for that because so it was 11 it, years ago i'd probably give you like a yeah like a a, a, t- a two, two a generous two yeah okay fair play um <laughs> which means that i also get nine out of 15 so it's a draw which must frustrate you endlessly as a, as yeah. a former socceroo 
but so uh, should we I'll just go it. play some sport or yeah exactly <laughs> yeah we'll finally have to play the tennis match we've been putting off um which i will yes. definitely lose now i know about you're your captain of every sport And now we're at the point of the show, the finale, where you will read us one final thing that we will put sound effects under, music under, produce up as a big finale to give this the performance that your teenage self would have wanted. So what is it? I believe this is not a sketch. No, this is... So I I re-signed into my Hotmail email address. Uh, (laughs) What was the email address? Uh, Scopper underscore nine. What What does that... what does that mean? So, so Scopa like was was like a nickname, like Rescopolis Scopa kind of. Ah, of course, yeah, yeah. And and when I set it up, I was like halfback of the of the A rugby team, which is the number nine in rugby union. So, I always thought like that's my na- that's my number now. I always wear that on my back, the number nine. So Scopa underscore nine. Scopa mm-hmm. underscore nine. Nice. Yeah. That's rivaling Young Scholar for your. Oh my God, that's your rap name, Young Scopa. R- young Scopa. <laughs> <laughs> Young Scopper underscore nine. Oh man, yeah. Let's do it. Let's um. Let's 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 uh, sell some merch to your to your fans. Yeah. And so this, you found this in your hotmail. <laughs> yeah, I typed in like poem or poetry, and then it got back to June two thousand and four. So it would have been in like year eleven. Um, we've been six sixteen at the time. Nice. Who are you? Believe in yourself. Otherwise, you're an unwanted book on the shelf. Have to be brave in the world, you hear? I'm I'm listening, mirror. I'm standing right here. I want to be me. I like sport and drama. Be happy, then listen to your mama. (laughs) Tupac said, even when the world is hard, never give up. So here's your time to be a dog and not a pup. Now get out there and show what's up. It's amazing how everything's tied together in this one simple verse from Young Scopper 9 is Toop, your love of Tupac comes back the you wouldn't possibly have referenced Biggie. Um you literally say how on the nose is it that you literally say I I want to play sport and do drama. Well that was year 10 so year 10 like that year was when I stopped doing um stopped doing plays and stuff because all my mates gave me so much shit. So I had like two years off when I didn't do any plays as I said before and that was that was one of the years so you quite, know how in true. in rap often like the phrase your mama is in raps and it's fairly usually derogatory about other people's mm. mothers yours is advice to listen to your mama but it's just not very often <laughs> well i think it's like park like he's got something like dear mama i think um so it's probably oh, so it's, off of that yeah 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 and did was so is that just that or did your mum say just do both no mum like she didn't even know i was ever like I would never come home and, and say that I was teased or bullied for, for doing that. <laughs> I had to keep no. up the jock persona at all times. Yeah, 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 of course, even with your own mama. Um, well, what a treat to actually hear a verse from Young Scholar slash Young Scopper in the end. I'm so glad you found it in your Hotmail as well. It's just like so on brand for this podcast. Also, um, if anyone hasn't logged into the Hotmail in a very long time, it is very hard. Yeah. <laughs> so many security checks and fucking numbers and did you have an insane password or was it this do you still have the same password now uh no i can't even remember the part it wouldn't let me in so i had to like go and send it to like a different email address that was like a backup and then i had to go through like an old school thing yeah, it was like it was very hard to get to but once i got in it was a gold mine this so. is how much hotmail know we need to not access this old poetry <laughs> <laughs> just make it impossible so they can't do it there it was, Dean Raskopoulos, the last of the lost episodes with some absolutely sensational stuff. And as I say, some beautiful voice acting for me. You can't tease that sort of Goliath stuff. I mean, Hugh Dennis has had a stranglehold on the voiceover market for far too long. But I've proven myself with this episode, and if this doesn't lead to riches and wealth for old Reej, then nothing will. I fear that nothing will. Oh, God. Uh, I love that Steen was a jock. Love that Ashton Kutcher is the reason the four chord song went viral and that could all just be part of some elaborate punk. And I also love that producer Neil 
left the echo effect on Steen's voice for a little bit of conversation after his rap had already finished. Absolutely tremendous scenes, as always. Thank you so much to Neil for the edits of these episodes way back when, way back in 2021 when they were recorded. Thank you to Radio X for all their support with this podcast to begin with. And thank you to Lou, you, the listener, not Lou, no, no thanks to Lou Sanders, who hasn't done this podcast, but thank you to you, the listener, for all of your listening. I truly couldn't do it without you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.